Onus Playhouse presents Serene Dominic Gets Played. With your hosts, Serene Dominic and Steve Asetta. Hey, this is Serene Dominic. And welcome to a season two of Onus Playhouse. Uh, for this season, we were going to be doing Dark Lullaby, but it's taking a lot more work. Uh, Steve is uh, scoring the entire um, podcast. So uh, so to give us more time, this is uh, if you want to compare pair uh, in pop culture terms, this is like our Beach Boy Party to our pet sounds. <laughs> if you, if you consider, could consider Dark Lullaby pet sounds. But our meisterwork. So yeah, we were buying some time with this one. I thought it would be an interesting series uh, called Serene Dominic Gets Play, where, you know, it'll be just that. You know, I made uh, eight albums in seven consecutive Februaries for the RPM Challenge, which is uh, a challenge where you have to produce 35 minutes of new music from scratch every year. Uh, well, and not every year. You don't have to do it every year, but I did it for... Uh, seven years so that resulted in eight albums and uh i thought it'd be an interesting thing to go over because it was it it sort of chronicles my whole uh home recording um start and uh you know i mean it's a musical career that can best be described as what musical career but you know it's a pandemic i figure we have time you know it's a time for b-sides it's a time for everything and there's a time for um, playing some Serene Dominic albums all the way through. And uh, I think you'll enjoy uh, this uh, this little journey. And uh, I'm ahead, we'll head over to Steve's house, uh, musical director Steve Aceta. And he's, uh, he's making the gin and tonics. And uh, we're going to listen to uh, the first album in the series, Unnatural Blonde. And uh, you'll hear panting throughout the uh, uh, podcast. That's his dog, Nino. And uh, and I'm I I start off being confused that I have eight albums, but it's only been seven years, so that's what you'll hear at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, so like uh, I did an album a year in the month of February, which is the shortest month of the year, as you know. I think I only got the benefit of one leap year. We would do a whole album from start to finish. Now, I mean. I mean, in terms of writing, writing, uh, and conceptualizing and everything. And the first one... Well, meaning you would do it. You would be speaking in the editorial regal we. Oh, we. You mean you. You would do it. Yeah, that's things. true. It's, it was just me. You right. Know? No, but I'm saying we in terms of, like, the other people that participated in the RPM Challenge. Ah. And, uh, and, and you you know, all these people would, would do a whole album from start to finish in the month of February, and then... And you didn't win anything, you know, you didn't, you know, maybe NPR would play a snippet of it when they would do a story about the RPM challenge. Uh, that was, that was the best. How many people participated in this thing? Uh, well, when I started doing it, it was about a thousand people. So it was, a, it was quite a few. Um, the last, f- the last few I've checked out, I, I think it's diminished greatly. But I think the reason it's diminished greatly is because, you know, the album as an art form is not appreciated and... People think, well, why should I do a whole fucking album? You know, the idea is to just put product out. So you do little, you, you do little spurts. You know, like I'll do EP here, I'll do a single here. But um, 
this was really good because I got into the whole art of making an album, and it's probably the last gasp in term, you know, term for me in terms of wanting to make albums, you know. So, anyway, um, so uh, the the first one, uh, like I tried to come up with some conceptual things. So the first one was I was going to do a musical version of Vertigo, <laughs> which is ridiculous because you know. Well, you did. Bert, I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, like you know, that's like saying, well, you know, the whole that, half that movie is Bernard Herrmann. So I mean, it really is a musical movie, but it wasn't like, you know, the songs weren't. Well, about no, the, 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 I think that the drama stands on its own. I mean, I it's enhanced greatly by the score, but I don't yeah. think that it's the score. Right, I know, but I mean, that movie, the music evokes oh, the yeah. mood. So I was thinking about. Uh, trying to evoke a mood for a whole record, um, you know, but have every, like, m the original idea was to have a song that would correspond with every frame of the movie, but I, that sort of peters out, like, halfway through, because when you get through that long every thing... Every scene? Yeah. Like, you know how when somebody says, oh, you put on Dark Side of the Moon, and it, it corresponds, you know, yes. exactly with The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. So the idea was, like, I'll put this record on, and it'll be, like, um, you know... A lyrical version of what's going on in the movie, be like you know one of those like yes. Know, so Peter, did you Peter Pan books? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you consciously do that? Yeah. Or you just had the idea? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I would. Co so consciously if I put if I put your it won't track work. On? It won't work because I think I after certain <laughs> after uh, a certain point it, it drops off. Like the first song is called "Swimming in the Head," uh, "Swimming in My Head," which is you know "Swimming in the Head" is is actually a when you look up the word vertigo. That's ah, one of the I definitions see. of it. You know? I see. It's a swimming in the head. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And I wrote the song uh, that was supposed to sound like I was picturing, you know, them running across the, the rooftops roof, yes. and everything. And I had like, um, I think, uh, I mean, the the, the 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 version of it that's on this record's a little bit different, but I think originally it had like helicopters and stuff. You know, I made it sound more like a city city at night or whatever. Were helicopters invented back then when they did the when they did the original movie? I'm not sure. When were helicopters invented? <laughs> I don't know when helicopters were invented. I, mean, I didn't know they were part of part, but anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and and the song is sung, uh, like, so I was picturing while Jimmy Stewart is running across the rooftops, uh, the the guy that's planning on killing his wife is, is, is hard at work. So, like, you know, if you could go through the, see through the picture, picturesque windows, you could see a guy, like, you know, Plotting, dropping a woman off of a building, you know, with cups of sand and, and, and weighing her body. Graph paper. Graph paper. He's graphing her fall from the from the the the, the Masonic temple or whatever, she, wherever it was that she fell off of. And uh, Coit Tower. Yeah. So uh, and uh, actually, the the music from this song was based on an, like I I had an idea of doing this a long long time ago and uh, probably. 1987, and I wrote a song called I Hate When I Dream You Away, and that's basically the same song as this. So, really, in the RPM Challenge, I cheated because that song was already, the music was already done. Didn't, I just they, wrote, qualify, didn't they disqualify Nino well, Rota, Rota for the same, same transgression in the Academy Awards for the Godfather soundtrack? Did, they did. He, what? He, he won the, he won the, Gram, the Academy Award. And then later on, I mean, it's not, no secret, but later on they found that he had used the theme that he had used in another movie. Oh. Or a portion of the theme that he had used in another. So they disqualified him. 
I don't know if they went and asked him to turn in his Oscar or what, but it was a big controversy. Wow, so who got the... Is it like I a Milli Vanilli thing where somebody <laughs> with the second place winner, you <laughs> yeah. know? It, 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 she can't, some bed knobs and broomstick song got it she, instead. If for some reason or other, <laughs> she can't complete her, her reign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Miss, Miss Congeniality will take over or something. R- yeah, I don't know. Oh. I don't exactly know. We could look it up later. But Yeah, uh, well, let's, you know, let, let's do that. But I know that I was surprised. Well, yeah, no, but since all you get from it, this is like bragging rights. Like, oh, I did a whole album in a month, you know? Mm. So it's not, it's not, it's no biggie. I mean, basically, the the whole thing of the RPM Challenge is supposed to, you're supposed to write 35 minutes worth of new music. I mean, I have four or 10 songs. I have 14 songs here. So clearly, clearly. Uh, well, you are prolific. Yeah, clearly, clearly the the original aim has been achieved. All right, so uh, um, I'll point out the other songs that were that I, I, I padded this album with. But this song, uh, I was trying to do kind of like uh, the the production on that. You know, it, it's all it's all the production on this whole album is mostly samples. There's some live well, playing. I, I, was in, I like this one. I mean, it, it, I was impressed. Uh, I like the mix too. You uh, do. I do. I like the 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 spatial, uh, you know, the spatial array of music uh, of the instruments in this mix. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's. I don't like the vocals too much. I mean, that's why I wanted to do it again. Uh, maybe someday we'll we'll do it with a band or something. I don't know. We'll get the band back. We'll together. get the band back together again. <laughs> Well, fuck the pandemic. We'll get the band back in. Oh, I should know. Also, oh, I gotta watch my voice. Uh, my uh, no, I don't have to watch my language. Fuck the album itself has a is the first r- record I have that has a uh, parental advisory. It has a parental advisory sticker on Unnatural Blonde. Um, I'll point out which song that is too. I don't really remember where I. Oh yeah, I I remember some uh, a song about fuck you money. <laughs> we'll get to it we'll get to it alright anyway this is a, a, a swimming in the head so uh, um. Oh, my God. 
You'll never let me go, and uh, this is uh, the scene where. Uh, so I, I, so up to this point, I think if you play the album and play the Vertigo movie, uh, it, it's corresponding. This is the where uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart's back in his friend Midge's apartment, and he's telling her he, how he can get over his fear of heights by uh, standing on a step stool and gradually acclimating to height. I'm uh, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Jump off the Golden Gate Bridge? You know, like, uh, and um, and uh, yeah. So uh, this is the first of many songs. I look up. I look down. Yeah, that's in the song. He says, "I look up, I look down," uh, and uh, this is one of the the first of several songs in this album that uses as its as its sample. Um, Jackie Gleason, uh, you know, he used to make these music, you know, melancholy music albums. Uh, he had a whole slew of them from the fifties. Well, until... the title of his theme song was "Melancholy Serenade." Right. Melancholy Serenade. Yeah. It did, how much? Did, how much work did he actually do? In Nothing. Life? Nothing. He like he did. A guy named Ruby Braff, who was a cornet player. Um, was credited basically generally acknowledged with doing everything mm -hmm. uh, from contracting the musicians to probably transcribing and writing out the charts for i mean i'm sure gleason had some ideas yeah you know uh, but but ruby braff b-r-a-f-f -F, did all of the Heavy lifting. Yeah. Well, I don't. I wonder if. And he wasn't credited, and I think he was undercompensated. Yeah. Because the albums did really, really well, and I think he just did work for hire. Yeah. And then Jackie Gleason claimed the entire production. Right. You know. And I, so the album that I used was uh, the now uh, the the now sound for young lovers, which <laughs> I think was the last in the series. What was the first? I mean, the the first one was. Um, music and memory, martinis and memories, or something. I don't know, something like that. Um, I think that might have been one of the first. Ones. But anyway, by the time, but, but this album came out in 1968, and it was like Jackie Gleason took the same formula, but he put sitars and uh, you know Chinese gongs. Well, and he might not have, but yeah. well, whatever. It was really, just, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's a great album. It's like yesterday. Oh, so he, he, didn't, he didn't claim to write anything? He didn't claim to have written anything? No, he didn't write anything. But I mean, these were just covers? Yeah, he just did covers like... So he basically paid somebody to arrange... 
Yeah, he was checked out by wind, that time. Wind, that's the wind stick. What's the name yeah. of that? Um, the the um, now sound uh, for young lovers. It came out in '68. It probably didn't sell much, and I'm sure maybe Jackie Gleason, maybe you know, checked out. No, no, he was still. He was still. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm just saying that he probably used it to seduce some of the June Taylor dancers or something. You know, some of the younger. Oh, he ones. didn't need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, plenty of, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's like you know, let me, you know, let me. Uh, sure, let me, sure, be hip. He's trying to be yeah. hip. Look at this. You know, we've got sitars and dulcimers on this. No, songs for young lovers is Sinatra. Let's see. No, no, it's it's the now sound for young lovers. The now sound. Anyway, so that the, the the strings on that were like the basis of a bunch of songs on the sound. So actually, that makes it kind of congeal together and feel like an album. Well, you know, I mean, I only had a month, so. You know, I, uh, but I mean, there's a chock, there's a ton of samples on this record. It's all samples. Um, I did have How one. How else are you going to do them? Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah <laughs> on, on, on GarageBand, you, you know, know? Uh, and, uh, and I had one person, um, my friend Kevin Pate, he played bass on the late great Kevin Pate. He played bass. Uh, he was holed up with, a, I think, a sprained ankle. So he was he was up for doing whatever, and he played bass on just about every song on this album. Yeah, I don't think I play bass on any of it. Come to think of it, but anyway, the you will never let me go.
that was. Yeah. You'll never let me go. Yeah. Okay, the next song is Drop of a Hat. Oh, which, well, uh, I, I don't even have to. I'm yeah, very familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, I, uh, that song, uh, we, we, that was a regular part of the San Jacinto uh, Death prison, row band. prison band. Yeah, Death Row Prison Band. That was a, a, a repertoire. I was on our second record on Freedom Rock. And um, that was the fr- another song sung by Gavin Elster. Now, you know what's really strange is that when I got a video... It's sung by Gavin Elster? Yeah, the character of Gavin Elster. I understand the character, but uh, oh, he's really? He's explaining what... Yes, he's explaining why his wife goes into these Oh, trances. he's explaining to James, James Jimmy Stewart. Stewart's character. Yeah, and when I first got a Scott, video... Scotty. Scotty. Scotty, do you believe someone from the past, someone <laughs> dead, can come back and take possession of the living? <laughs> well, I'm sorry to have wasted your time. You know. oh, I didn't mean to be so hard. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> I wish I was making it up, Scotty. You know, and for some reason, what 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 else was he famous for? That that actor. That actor, I don't know. No, he was on a television sitcom, uh, not a sitcom, but he was like a series. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never saw him in anything. We'll check it out later. But uh, 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 so he's just saying how his wife goes off in trances and stuff. So this is the scene where he's. So this is still corresponding to the. Time, running time of the movie. He's well, there explaining. seems to be a lot, lot more affection in this particular song than I would imagine that Gavin Elster could muster, seeing <laughs> as how he was going to off his wife. Yeah, well, we yeah, but he's trying to explain. He's for ex- her fortune. Yeah, but he's explaining to Jimmy Stewart why he, you know, why he's concerned. You know, his concern comes through in the song. Exactly. You know, and uh, well, he's really good. Once you once you can fake sincerity, I imagine it, you've got it made. There you go. <laughs> There you go, and, and uh, why did they name it "Drop of a"? Oh, she just she just checks out at the drop of a hat. Um, and uh, Scotty wears a hat through most of the thing, doesn't he? I mean, he does, and his hat falls off when he's clinging to the drain pipe at the beginning. Uh huh. So when we did the swimming in the head musical, I, that was one of the logos I had was a a fedora that's falling down a staircase, or, you know, spiral staircase. Um. But what I was going to say is when I first got the a video, a VCR, like that was, this is, Vertigo was one of the first movies I made a copy of, so I'd always have it. And for some reason, I always loved that scene where Gavin Elster is, is tr- trying to convince Jimmy Stewart to follow his wife. And I memorized that thing. L- little, little did I know that years and years later, I would actually play Gavin Elster when we did a production of Swimming in the Head. Uh, well, we well, actually had, did the he, show. He certainly had Jimmy Stewart's character's number, didn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. He knew he knew Jimmy Stewart would not go up the uh, spoiler. Well, he alert. also knew he was probably probably also knew he was a pretty romantic and lonely guy. Yeah, he knew that Jimmy Stewart wouldn't go up all the way up to the tower. Yeah, he just you know, yeah, he was. Uh, well, he knew he'd he was, fall for her. He knew where to hold him and knew where to fold him. <laughs> knew where to push him and knew where to pull him. Oh. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is a yeah. I, I uh, it's a favorite of mine. I like it's really song. well done. Yeah, I like the song a lot. And the strings. Oh, I should say that the strings on this song are not from the Jackie Gleason album, but are actually Garage Band samples. As is the the uh, as a flute thing. And I tried finding those sounds again, and I never could find them, because they were you know Garage Band circa twenty. Uh, 2009 sounds. Uh, it's sort of like the bright, elusive butterfly of love, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You tried yes. to find it again. I, I tried. I scoured the canyons <laughs> of my mind, and I couldn't. I couldn't find them. <laughs> yeah, I have windmills in mind. Yeah, <laughs> the melody melodically, I always it always kind of reminded me of that song, uh, uh, "She Cried" by Jane and the Americans. Yeah, and then I yeah, yeah. That wait, wait a minute, Jane and the Americans. Yeah, I thought that was a girl group song. No, that's uh, leader of the pack. No, 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 putting him down that you're thinking of. No, no I'm a, but I thought that when when I told her I didn't love her anymore, right, right, right. She cried. She yeah, yeah, cried. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the first J. Then they got rid of him and got another J. He was the second J. Did they the have to J. find a guy who had a name <laughs> that started with J? No, they said, well, you can join the band, but you have to change your name to J. <laughs> All right. Oh, from now on, call me J. stalk around so now that that was the problem with doing an album following the movie is you got these long portions 
of the movie where it's just a car just circling around. Right. So I mean, if you were gonna make Lots an album, yeah, if you were gonna make a move, uh, an album that corresponded to that, first of all, it would be like a two a ninety minute album, which nobody wants, you know. <laughs> so I kind of had to truncate the whole thing of him following her around into like one song. So this is a song called "I Stalk Around," which is kind of like a, I don't know, it's like the Adams Family to me. I don't know. Well, let's let's hear, let's a hear it. I stuck around Oh, separate town Following a green Jaguar The lady somber The legion of honor On the bottles of the bastard I Wish I knew what it is she wants From all of the places she hunts But I don't Up a flower shop, buy a blue case for a play. She soon transitioned at the Dolores Bishop, calling at a tombstone all day. I wish I knew what it is she wants from all of the places she hunts, but I don't. While the song was pointing out, Steve was just pointing out where the snare should be in this song. Yeah, I mean, it was a very slapdash. No, no, it's it's really, it's it's fine as it is. Okay. But, but... But anyway, that's supposed to encapsulate the whole thing of him following around. And then this goes off into another thing where this... Is another, uh, this is kind of like a medley arch. These are really like two songs that were kind of just stuck together. Um, uh, and this is the one where she throws herself in the in the in the water. Now is this? And he goes. Uh, Jimmy Stewart jumps in after her. Is this a song with? Um... Jude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When we did swimming in the head, when we did swimming in the head, we expanded it. Uh, so like to do this on stage was really hard because. Following people around with a car, how are you going to simulate that? So we had these little, you know, um, cutouts of cars that they strapped on, so I they're just walking saw your around. Soul. You did that? I only saw. No, when we did the when we did the actual production. I'm though. saying I, I only. Yeah. I is there a video of that? No. Because the only thing I it was, ever it saw was, was it, you know in retrospect was your your solo. Thing. Yeah, in retrospect, the swimming in the head staged musical was uh, we we staged it at the the firehouse. We did four nights. And three of the four nights, there was an EDM festival going on <laughs> over by the... Was that uh, improvised uh, by roadside bomb? What, what is that? IED? What EDM, EDM, electronic dance music. Oh, I see. So so we had like bass bombs. <laughs> you know, it, it was really hard performing it. We only had one performance where we were, were not bass bombed, you know, by <laughs> by a, a nearby uh, electronic music festival. And then, or or the cops with the, you know, helicopter searching around. But uh, when we did the musical, uh, to simulate the fact that Jimmy Stewart was fighting the sea to, uh, you know, you to save Madeline, we had, yeah, we had Neptune going in jubes. trying to, jubes, uh, <laughs> it, it does a brilliant job. And he, uh, and he, he goes and, and he wrestles with Jimmy Stewart and, you know, and, uh, tries to uh, tries to rescue uh, yeah the, the 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 actual musical was really 
too cute by half. I think we did a lot of like little broad humor things that, you know, kind of got away from the whole original idea. But Jubes stole the show when he came out because he did say, sings the song Come Dream With Me and then he does a rap of which actually wrote the rap and it's on the Swimming in the Head soundtrack. So you maybe, wrote it? Yeah, yeah. It was... um. Uh, oh, shit, I can't even remember. But it was like something about Halibut. You know, I don't know. It was, he just like, you know... Fuck. You know, I, I, I could, I could, look, I think I could look it up. Um, yeah. So he, he, yeah, he did the rap and he did it awesome. He's one of our favorite people. He is. He's, and he's also uh, in, um, All is Forgiven and, uh, our last podcast and he'll be in, uh, Dark Lullaby where he stole the show there as well. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's come dream with me. This is, this is actually... I was trying to get it to sound. Uh, that's dream along. Hey, I just want to cut in and say, uh, instead of playing the version that's on the Unnatural Blonde album, we're going to play the one from the Swimming the Head thing so you can get to hear Jubes and do the rap. Uh, so this is Dream Along with uh, me, Darkly, from the uh, the Swimming in the Heads. Uh, the Swimming in the Heads. <laughs> swimming in the Heads. Cast uh, uh, out. Dream along with me When you're alone Dreams never come out Like you want them to come Dream along with me When you're alone Dreams never come my name is Poseidon P.O.S.C. I pose with the trident on the ruler of the seventies My daddy's trying to up My mama's really fast My second octopus, I just want a piece of ass She's wearing a thick neck, right from the seabed And I'm gonna knock on that, she's the one to one again Breaking that, my head to head, it's off the wet I gotta run it back with some halibut, halibut, halibut Anybody want some halibut? Please don't wait at the luncheonette I got your halibut just for the halibut Second name is Otter and Otter, care who knows it I gotta propose it, cause Archie blows it With every fish, has my wit in this I'm the business, you're gonna be my business Gonna name like Thomas, Susan, show me the big Still seagulls and everything. <laughs> See, uh, that was one of the problems I had. One of the problems I had watching the movie in retrospect, you know, is that, uh, um, is that uh, he uh, she he fishes her out and she's like unconscious and stuff. And she remains unconscious Conscious. for long enough to drive all the way from there, the foot of the Golden Gate Bridge, to his apartment, which is. Now he, miles away, yeah. and then she wakes up naked. 
She wakes up naked and he's like, oh, I've taken off your clothes and <laughs> throwing them on the line. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like he's got his own living Barbie doll. You know, he gets to dress her up and everything. That's kind of, well, see, that's the whole thing. He undresses her. He's already seen her naked, but now yeah. he's trying to dress her up. It's like kind of this perverse, reverse uh, thing where he's, you know, he's undressed her, but now he's going to try to make her out into a, dress her up like a dead woman later on, so. That's something I never, I, I hadn't contemplated. Yeah. Well, because you're not a perv like Alfred <laughs> You know, so so basically those two songs encapsulate like a pretty much like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, sometimes when I'm watching it, that, that it's very hypnotic. You know, the fact that he's always, the car's always going down and further down. Uh, those, the the thing that I realized, streets. the thing that I realized for the first time uh, about two weeks ago was that most of the score uh, is in a descending it, it, it descends uh, most of the most of the harmonic motion descends oh and it you know keeps descending 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 and looping descending descending um, I thought that was genius I hadn't really even thought about it before until I listened to the soundtrack again two weeks ago I guess and mm. I was like oh I didn't even hear that, but yeah. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing. There's nothing clever about the, the samples on this. I just was just like, rawr, rawr, rawr. I we just wanted it to be sort of sinister. And then, uh, okay. So then the next song, "In Bed by Nine is when he's got her in the house and he, she's just like relaxing by the fire, and he's just telling her everything's all right. So basically, if we're doing the musical, this is the everything's all right. Dun, dun, you know. In bed by nine, yes. Yeah. And I think that has strings for the Jackie Gleason record, too. Half of the world in bed by nine. Problems 
I think it's a really good song. I don't. I think it's kind of clunky. You know, it sounds more clunkier than some of the other ones with the. Uh, uh, yeah, samples. I think that well, I, I like the chordal motion, and I think I can. I'll have to. That's something to be. That's a project. As a project, yeah. Well, let's see. Are we on the tenth anniversary of this yet? Ah, we missed it. I think. Two thousand. Yeah, we. It will be this year. If we get it done this year, it'll still be the tenth anniversary. Okay. Okay. Uh, will, will we be at, uh, releasing it in colored vinyl? <laughs> no. no, we'll be releasing it on easy to easy to duplicate compact disc, and that's it. The sound of young America. The sound of young America. <laughs> compact discs are convenient and sound good. Kids, listen to me. Um, but yeah, so I I remember uh, yeah. Um, what else do I remember about that song? That's about it. All right, now here's the the next one. All that love is worn away. Now this song I wrote uh, with my friend Bob Woodruff, who was a country singer in Nashville. Well, he was in Nashville. He was, you know, he was an alt alt rock country singer. But it, I mean, he's had he's had you know an interesting career um, since. Was then. that after he broke the Watergate papers, or? No, no, that's Bob Woodward. Oh, oh. Um, this uh, this song was on his second album, Desire Road, which was released in 1995 and I think it was on the imprint label which went belly up shortly after releasing the album so so I, I think I got a, so a royalty is, check for like four dollars and oh, so you wrote it and he recorded no, no, I, it what you wrote it and he recorded it I wrote it with my old song and partner Danny Pearl and then he recorded he it. it he recorded it and changed the words for his version of it and he did it in a different key and he did it more like um you know, like 1990s country music. You know. <laughs> it, it did a really good version of him, and he put some Spanish lyrics into it. Mi amor and mi cielo and stuff like that. Really good, really good version of it. Um, but this was what it, the well, song was. Royalty check. Like I did. I, just, I got than... it. Got it. Got a lot of airplay in um, Panama or something. Which is way better than anybody does on Spotify. I mean, you're probably, pretty much. I mean, I got a check for twenty dollars. I mean, you I'd have to sell Sting. a million. You beat Sting. I have to sell a million copies <laughs> to get twenty dollars from Spotify. But uh, yet the guy just made yeah. a billion. He just bought a billion dollars something or other. Stephen Bull 
That's very nice. That's a good one. Um, so, uh, so that's uh, all that love is worn away. That's when Jimmy Stewart is in the the Yellowstone National Redwood Forest. Oh, the Redwood Forest. Well, the Redwood Forest. And the Gulf Stream water. <laughs> wasn't it the Wasn't it the Redwood? I guess it no, it's the Redwood Forest because they have the gigantic tree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. A cross section, didn't? And it shows, you know, yeah. when it started and you know, right. The and then Madeline's all. That's when Madeline gets all. You know, goth on him and starts saying, "This is where I was, was born. born. This is where I must die." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, come on!" And you just you're ruining the you're ruining the redwoods for everyone. You're hurting my eye. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So that's as good a jumping point as any. And uh, if you've seen the movie, you know that I'm alluding to a jumping point in the uh, the Vertigo story. And uh, um, since this is the first album that I had total control over you know because i recorded it at home and i didn't have any bandmates you know or people chipping in you know i try to uh, sequence it uh as best i can like like an album you know an album has to start off strong and end each side off you know s- s- equally strong so you kind of come up with a better record if, even if it's on a cd it's starting off and ending off strong and you don't have this really kind of lull in the middle although this album is is kind of following a downward spiral emotionally, <laughs> kind of like the movie, you know, kind of the car that's just going around and around San Francisco, going, you know. And Steve alluded to the strings getting lower and lower. Yeah, this is kind of yeah, it's, we're kind of winding up in a melancholy ditch at the end of side one. Not a bad, not a bad song to end on, but usually, you know, you like to end off really high up. But you know, we're kind of we kind of fell into a mellow mood since uh 
since Madeline got fished out of the brine or whatever, out of San Francisco Bay. But we'll pick it up again with uh, Gavin Elster getting all his uh, fuck you money at the start of uh, uh, the second half of the, of the story. And uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, maiden voyage of uh, uh, Bonus Playhouse. Serene Dominic gets played. This is Serene Dominic thanking you again, and uh, see you on the other side. If you've enjoyed the music in this podcast, visit serenedominic.bandcamp.com. <laughs>